Welcome to episode 101, a 34-part episode on Catholicism 101, the foundations of our Catholic faith. These episodes originally premiered on YouTube. You can find the original video linked in the description to this episode, as well as a discussion guide for your benefit and whoever you might be listening with. A friendly reminder and invitation to please, if you have not yet done so, please rate and review this podcast. It helps other people find it. It's such a great way to get this podcast out there and for you to share it with others. But remember, the highest compliment you could pay this podcast and myself is to share this episode or any episode on social media. And you can do that by simply posting it on your story or tagging us in a post. At Mana Food for Thought is our Instagram handle. At Mana F4T is our Twitter and our Facebook page is just Mana Food for Thought. You can find all of that on our website, manafoodforthought.com, as well as all of our previous content. And if you'd like to become a financial sponsor for as little as $1 a month, you can do that by clicking on the Patreon tab on our website. Now, I wanted to share with you something that I don't normally do. So in the past almost four years that this podcast has been a thing, we've gotten approached by, I would say, probably 50 different people via email or companies, organizations trying to get ad space or sponsorship for the podcast. And it never really worked out or never really was something that uh, I felt comfortable with or that um, really was something that we could get behind. However, that has changed because I encountered this company called Thrive Coffee and I wanted to share a little bit with you about their mission. Their coffee, first of all, is delicious, but it makes an impact. Thrive Coffee, they're a nonprofit craft coffee roaster, and they use coffee to create careers and training opportunities for people with disabilities. Their beans are locally roasted in small batches to ensure the highest quality, and they ship nationwide. If you just buy three bags, that pays for one hour of work for their differently abled employees. So I just want to encourage you to check out their website, drinkthrive.org buy a few bags, and as an added bonus, if you go to drinkthrive.org and use promo code MANA, M-A-N-N-A, at checkout, you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's drinkthrive.org. Your promo code is MANA, M-A-N-N-A. You can check them out also on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Their handle is at drinkthrive.co. And again, they have five single origin and five blends um, of coffee. Really great stuff. I uh, We had the, I think, Columbia, Honduras, and the which are both single batch, and then the Campfire Blend, if you like really dark roasts, and they are delicious. I'm not a big coffee drinker. My wife... She's the former barista. Her claim to fame is she once made coffee for Gwen Stefani. So she gave it her uh, two thumbs up. I sampled them all and I loved all of them. And so I just highly recommend them. Um, so yeah, go to drinkthrive.org. Use promo code MANA at checkout, 15% off, and just support a really great company with a really great mission. Without further ado, our next episode of Catholicism 101. Who is your best friend? Take a moment and think about that relationship. How often do you talk? What types of things do you talk about? What's the tone of your conversation? The tone of your voice when you talk to them? What kinds of things do you do together? How deep do your conversations go? And now I want you to think about your relationship with God. How does it compare? Do you have that same familiarity, that same depth, that same frequency of conversation. Because he is the most important relationship we will ever have. And think about this. What would happen if you treated your best friend and that relationship the way that you treat your relationship with God? 
I don't know your relationship with God and I don't know your best friend, but I think there's probably some things that are different. And I think our relationship with God is usually the one that suffers. I mean, if we were to treat our best friend like we do with God sometimes, we would suddenly, you know, just stop talking to them. Something would immediately be said or done about that. They'd be like saying, are you okay? Where are you? What's going on? Did I do something? And yet we do that to God all the time. We neglect spending that time with him. We maybe just go through the motions. We forget to connect. Uh, we make it routine or we just ignore him. And we know if we did that to an earthly best friend, something would be said. There'd be something wrong with the relationship. The relationship would suffer. My best friend is my wife. And you better believe our relationship would not be healthy. And I would know it pretty quickly if I started behaving that way toward my wife. We heard in the last episode that God has already revealed he wants to be in relationship with us. And we know from the episodes before that, that we, looking inward, know that we're already seeking and desiring something beyond ourselves for our ultimate happiness and fulfillment. So how do we respond to that desire, knowing that God has extended himself to us, desires to know us? How do we have that relationship with God? And the answer is simple and yet really difficult. Prayer. It's been said that prayer is not part of your relationship with God. It is your relationship with God. Prayer is like oxygen. We need it to spiritually survive. We can only go so long without that spiritual breath until we feel like we are asphyxiating, until we feel like we're in complete desolation or darkness. What's the number one thing that people always say makes a good marriage? Communication. What do you think is the number one thing that makes a good relationship with God? Communication. Prayer is that communication. In fact, the Catechism of the Catholic Church in paragraph 2558 says, Prayer is a vital and personal relationship with the living and true God. So notice that. It doesn't say prayer is part of your relationship. It says it is a vital and personal relationship with the living and true God. And that it is personal. Remember, Jesus taught us to call God our Father. The word he used, remember, is Abba, which means Daddy. And that may seem a little unfamiliar for you. And we like our formality in Catholicism, our these and thous and our fathers. But there's a difference between being familiar and irreverent. You know, I can go to my father and say, Dad, Daddy. And that's appropriate. If I always call my earthly father, hello, father, how are you? How are you doing today, father? There's something that's too formal about that relationship. And that, I think, is how a lot of us normally approach God. It's too formal. But we also can't go to God and be like, what's up, daddy-o, and make it super irreverent and informal at the same time. We have to acknowledge that there is a relationship there, one of reverence, one of respect, one of love, but one that is meant to be personal and familiar. Does that describe your relationship with God? I think the problem with prayer is that sometimes we treat it like magic. You know, God is not Harry Potter. He's not a wizard who's just going to grant our requests or a genie who's just going to give us three wishes whenever we ask. God is not Santa. We don't give him this list of petitions. And if we do the right things, if we're good boys and girls, he will grant them. And he's not a divine ATM in the sky that we just go to whenever we need to make a spiritual withdrawal. If I only talk to my wife when I needed something, or when I was asking her to do something for me, 
she would not be my wife. She would be a servant. And our relationship would not go well if that was the only time I addressed her. So it's no wonder that prayer often is difficult for us because we sometimes approach it the wrong way. It's not meant to be some just psychological activity to help us feel better. That would be like getting married just so we don't feel lonely anymore. Prayer is not this list of requests. It does not change God. Prayer is meant to change us, to make us better in our relationship. Because no matter what we ask for, God is always working for our greatest possible good. So whether you ask him for the intention or not, whether you make this request or not, pray the rosary or not, or do the novena or not, God is still working for your good. God is still loving you. God is still desiring to be in relationship with you. What prayer does is it helps us communicate and deepen the relationship on our end. It's not just the way we make requests. And yes, when I need things that I think my wife could bless me with or help me with, I ask her for them and I know that she'll do them because she loves me. But I don't treat her like a genie or like a servant like sometimes we treat God. Rather, we communicate about how we can help serve and sacrifice for one another and make the whole relationship better. God has already proved in the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, that he is already willing to do everything for us, that he is already perfect and wants to extend that perfect love to us. So prayer is about how we can respond in that relationship. Prayer helps us be aware of the movement of God in our life. It helps us to get out of the way and let him work so that our hearts will be more conformed to his. It's a posture of openness. The Catechism describes prayer in three ways. Uh, this is in paragraphs 2558 to 2565 of the Catechism. And it says that, the pr that prayer is a gift, that it is a covenant, and that it is communion. So what does that mean? Prayer is a gift. We have to recognize prayer is always a response. God has already and will always be the initiator. It's not like we have to go find God, like that he's out there somewhere and we have to initiate this journey to go find him. God has already initiated it. Look at all he's given us. Look at all he has done. And prayer is not some way that we earn God's love, like we're gifting God with the blessing of our prayer. And so he sees it as good and noble and honorable and then suddenly blesses us. No, God is already blessing us. Prayer is not like we're trying to climb some mountain and find God at the top. Prayer is just the act of being in relationship, a relationship that has already been initiated and gifted to us. It's not just a job. It's not just a task or an expectation. Uh, we can't just go to daily mass or pray the rosary or do these things because we think we're supposed to. Really, the foundation for doing them should be because we want to be in relationship with God. And to recognize that he is not going to love us any more or any less, regardless of how we do those things, or even if we do not do them. Prayer changes us, and it is always a gift from God to us. Secondly, prayer, as I said, is a covenant. What is a covenant? Well, it's, it's kind of like a contract, but a contract is an exchange of goods. A covenant is an exchange of persons, a relationship. Marriage is a covenant. And that's why I often compare marriage and dating and relationships to our prayer and our relationship with God. Because in prayer, we're also meant to give our entire self. We're not just meant to give a part of ourselves, one hour a week, one sliver of our life that we pray about and that we invite God into. 
Prayer is the extension of a relationship that says, God, I want to be in relationship with you in every part of my life, not just one. And prayer is also communion. Prayer draws us into communion, not only with Christ, but with our brothers and sisters, those who've been baptized into the family of God. We do not only believe or value in private prayer. Jesus himself says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I am there with you. And so prayer invites us into communion with God, who is in himself a relationship, Father, Son, and Spirit. But it also invites us into deeper relationships with the community, the church as a whole. Why is it sometimes difficult to see prayer and experience it as a gift, as a covenant, and as communion? Well, there are some big obstacles to prayer. Three, I think, are time, motivation, and distractions. And you can begin to think about which one you think is the biggest distraction for you or the biggest difficulty for you. Uh, But when it comes to time, there will never be enough time. You know, about 100 years ago, the word priorities did not exist. There was just priority because that's what the word means, prior to everything else. Only one thing can be your priority. It's impossible to have multiple priorities. Only one thing can be first. And so overcoming the obstacle of time means putting God first. St. Francis de Sales said that everyone needs a half hour of prayer every day, except when we are busy, and then we need an hour. Uh, 1% of your week is about 15 minutes a day. Can you give 1% of your week for intentional, focused time just talking to God? We have to make that our priority. Another obstacle is motivation. It takes work. Um, we, we learned in marriage preparation this great cycle um, that all relationships, including our relationship with God, go through these three stages of passion, when you got that butterflies in the beginning and it's really easy to be in relationship, and then eventually disillusionment, where now it's like, wow, this is taking real work, or now this person's getting on my nerves, or things aren't working as easily as they used to. And then joy, when you can fight through that disillusionment, you remember the reasons for the passion for the relationship, and that brings joy, which cycles you back into passion again, and round and round we go in all of our relationships. In the beginnings of our relationships, including our relationship with God, we have these conversion experiences, these spiritual butterfly moments, Uh, but then reality hits, struggle, suffering, uh, difficulty hit, and it's hard. And so part of motivation is just sometimes showing up. Going through the motions with the best intentions possible, knowing that this is what it takes. Any couple who's been married a long time can tell you that. That once those butterflies fade and it's not sparks and rainbows anymore and life hits and things get crazy, it takes real work and real intentional effort to show up every day, to go through the motions, but to do it with love. And thirdly, that obstacle that can prevent us from prayer is distractions. Are you willing to schedule that time in your day, at the beginning of the day, individually and as a family, to pray? You know, when we wake up in the morning or before we go to bed at night and we're looking at the next day, we often think about, okay, I've got to run this errand, I've got to work from this time to this time. But do we think first about, like, when am I going to pray tomorrow? When am I going to schedule that intentionally into my day? If we did that, then we'd have far less excuses for distractions to get in the way, far less opportunity to miss out on that time with the Lord. Turn off screens, turn off noise. Um, You know, I, I know as a parent of two, how impossible that can seem sometimes, especially to have no quiet, no distractions. Um, And so maybe in the beginning, it's just uh, having a couple minutes, 
either before you go to bed or waking up two minutes early in the morning to just breathe and be with God, to relax. You know, 90% of our energy is supposed to come from our breath, but we typically only get about 10 to 20% because our breath is more shallow because we're so busy and distracted all of the time that we never have that time to really just be in calm, peaceful relationship with God. Remember from last episode, that breath is God's very name. Maybe that's why we're so tired, worried, anxious, or drained is because we're not really breathing in the presence of God. So when we make the time, when we have the motivation, and when we remove the distractions, what do we do? How do we begin to pray? There are three types of prayer in the Catechism, uh, paragraphs 2700 to 2719, and that is vocal prayer, meditative prayer, and contemplative prayer. Vocal prayer is just talking to God like we would talk and have a conversation with another person. This is like my everyday relationship with my wife. We have chats, communicate on a daily basis. Um, We can do prayers of adoration, prayers of contrition, asking God um, to forgive us because we're sorry. We can, uh, prayers of gratitude and thanksgiving, or prayers of petition where we're asking God for certain things. But this really is the, um, the shallowest or most uh, um, entry level, you could say, version of prayer. Meditative prayer takes that to another level, and it seeks to understand God at a deeper level in dialogue with him. Maybe this is doing Lexio Divina, prayerful reading of scripture. You take just a couple verses and you read it over and over and over again and see what stands out and how God is trying to speak to you. The rosary is a meditative prayer because you're praying something over and over and over again to try and have deeper meaning and experience. The equivalent of a marriage, this might be like a date night, you know, meditative prayer where you really get that time to focus in on having an experience together or have a deeper conversation. And lastly, one of the the best and most fruitful places of prayer to get to, but it's so hard in our day and age, is contemplative prayer. Just silent listening and love with the Lord. These are those real meaningful moments in relationships. You know, I don't know if you've ever met a couple who's been together for a really long time, but they can kind of sit in a room together and not say anything. And it can be a really great experience. Not because they're mad, but, but because they just want to be in each other's presence. That's what contemplative prayer is like. And maybe you do that outside in a quiet place, in a nice corner of your home. Uh, Maybe you do that in chapel, in front of the Blessed Sacrament in adoration. Whatever it is, whatever form of prayer you're using, you don't need fancy words. Speak from the heart in your normal voice like you would to your best friend. That's the voice that God already knows, the voice he already hears, the voice he created you with. God respects your free will. He will not force you to go where he is not invited. He wants that relationship, but we have to choose. If you are open, I invite you to do that. To pray, God, be with me. Jesus, speak to me. Come, Holy Spirit. And simply just be with God and talk to him like you would your best friend.